Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, uh, hey, welcome to Christmas Eve at the Kane Center. You guys doing well? Good, Merry Christmas, yeah? Some, yeah, a clap. One person's doing really well. Um, We're so glad that you guys are here. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, We know you have a lot of things to do with your time and we're thrilled that you guys made time to be with us today as we celebrate Christmas. Uh, You know, if uh, we we never assume that everybody's in the same place when it comes to spiritual things in here. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, here's kind of what you say you believe about Christmas, that that, that God exists as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and and, and Jesus the Son, who fully God, came to earth, born in a manger in the middle of nowhere uh, as a baby, grew up in this little podunk town called Bethlehem, and he began his ministry, and when he did that, he began to, to, to teach people about God and the kingdom and, and to heal people and to encourage people, and then he paid the ultimate, if you're a Christian, you believe he paid the ultimate sacrifice, he went to the cross, and he died on that cross because he took the death that that you and I deserve and he took it on himself so that he would create a bridge back to God the Father for us. That's what, if you're a Christ follower, you kind of say that you believe. Now, we also understand that not everybody is in that place here today and that's okay. Like we're we're so glad that you're here wherever you're coming from. If you're at a place with your faith where you're just kind of kicking the tires, you're just exploring, we are thrilled that you're here. This is a good place for you to to explore. And and I'm not gonna try to answer all your questions today. We're not gonna try to answer all of them but I want to give you a statement this morning. I want to give you an idea. I want to share with you one idea today that we want to talk about because I believe that this is at uh, the root of what, it, what the Christ- Christmas story is all about. Uh, and, and it may kind of come out of left field for you at first, but this is the idea and it's, and it's this. Um, we're all laying our lives down for something. Like you and I, we're actually all laying our lives down for something. Now, that may sound a little bit extreme because if you're like me, you really appreciate and love the stories of, of, of people around us who really lay their lives down, like maybe even physically for something or put themselves in harm's way for another person or, 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 or give themselves up for something bigger than themselves and, and they, they may even die for something that they believe in. Uh, I think about somebody like, like Rosa Parks uh, who, who fought for equality when, when she sat at that place on the bus and and she kind of put herself in harm's way for something bigger than herself, fighting for the equality of every single person. And we kind of hold her up as well. She really did, in a way, like lay her life down or put her life on the line for something. Um, sometimes you hear stories, right, about uh, a, you know, a family member, like maybe a brother who gives up his, his kidney for his younger sister because she needs it to live. And, and, and you think about a story like that and you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, like one person really sacrificing for someone else. And maybe on the extreme, you think about like, okay, the firefighter who runs into the burning building when everyone else is running the opposite direction and, and, and they, they put their very lives on the line to save someone else's life. And, 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 and sometimes they occasionally don't even make it out. They, they actually literally give their lives and, and it's an incredible thing. And so if you're like me, when I say we're all laying our lives down for something, you might say, I'm not really laying my life down for anything, Gerald. Like, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like that, okay? 
But what I would say to you is this, and consider this today. You have one life, I have one life to live, right? And you're actually committed to something with your life. You're committed to things in your life. And, and if you came up to me afterwards, you said, Gerald, I'm not really, you know, truthfully committed to like anything. I would say, I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't think that's true because what you might be actually saying is, I'm kind of committed to myself, you know, a little more than a little more than anybody else. Now, others of you might say, well, yeah, if we put it that way, like I'm, I'm kind of laying my life down for, for my kids. And, and like you parents, I mean, I see you, I, I see what you do, you're amazing. And you do, like you sacrifice so much for your kids, right? It's incredible what you do. You also, also might say, well, I'm doing that for my marriage. Like I'm laying my life down for that relationship. And that could be a really good thing. Um, if you're really honest, you might say, well, Truthfully right now, like I'm, I'm, I'm super committed to my career. Like I'm very work focused and that's what I'm laying my life down uh, for. Or you might say the same about school or sports or, or something else. What I wanna say to you today is this. Christmas extends an invitation to you. There's an invitation that is given to us in this story that has to do with this. And, and uh, I, I believe that we're all laying our lives down for something. I believe that everybody in the Bible was actually in the same place as well. In fact, there's some, there's some people in the Christmas story who are, are really amazing characters and, and they were living for something as well. Um, some of those are the shepherds. And I wanna share this verse with you this morning uh, because the, the, these shepherds were uh, actually these guys who were out in the middle of the night watching sheep and hanging out on the hillside and they were with each other and, and they were living for something too. They might've just been like living for what's next, like eking out a living, like they were living for, for, for just the next day, the next thing, or I gotta make it, make it until tomorrow, I gotta make enough money to take care of myself, take care of my family. And then they had this interruption. They, they had this amazing thing happen. If you, if you read the Christmas story, if you, if you believe what the Bible has to say about this, they had this incredible thing happen where uh, their, their lives were interrupted. And, and here's how, how Luke describes it. He says it like this. There were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. And so here you have these, these shepherds who were living for the next moment. They were living for the next thing and suddenly, they come face to face with an angel. Suddenly what actually happens is they come face to face with God and they have a choice to make. There's another character in this story named Mary who you're really familiar with. Mary uh, is, is pretty amazing. Like she was living for something as well. She'd been introduced to this guy, Joseph. They were pledged to be married to one another and she started thinking about her future and her life and what that was gonna be like. They were gonna grow up and uh, get married and they were gonna uh, have kids and be living in this town called Nazareth and, and live in their little life. Joseph was gonna have his little carpentry thing going on and, and Mary was gonna do her thing and they were just gonna live a quiet little life with their friends and their family and Something happens. This is what happens actually. Uh, Luke describes it like this. He says, the angel went to Mary and, and, and said to her, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you were to call him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Mary comes face to face with Jesus. 
Even though she was living her life and looking ahead to the future and uh, had it all mapped out, perhaps, her life gets interrupted and she comes face to face with Jesus and she has this choice to make. She has these questions that maybe start to, to, to bubble up inside her. And, and I think they're the same questions we ought to ask. Same questions I want to ask you today. One of them is this, um, and there's not going to be a test on this. No one's going to ask you. No one's going to make you fill something out. No one's going to like make you say this out loud, but would you answer it to yourself? Um, what are you living for? If you're living for something, if you're laying your life down for something, what are you laying your life down for? What are you, what are you, what are you living for? Because we're all laying our lives down for something. Could I ask you this question as well? Um, and, and I think that as Mary you know, held this baby, who the angel said was the Messiah, in her arms, she's looking into the face of Jesus and she understands that somehow she's looking into the face of God. And I think she answers this question totally differently than she would have. And I wanna ask it to you as well. Um, what do you need to be living for? What do you need to be um, laying your life down for? We're all laying our lives down for something. But I have a problem with that because if I give my life to something or I lay my life down for someone, something is introduced into the equation. It's fear. I believe this is true. I believe we're all tempted to let fear rule our lives. We're all tempted to let fear rule our lives. Back in 2014, I found out I was gonna be a dad and I was excited and I was happy and I was afraid. I was afraid. And I remember going to the hospital to have our baby and I was afraid. And I remember the, the nurses coming in and saying, Mr. Pope, we're taking your wife because she has to have an emergency C-section. And gosh, I was so afraid, so afraid. And I remember holding my baby in my hands for the very first time. And I was excited and I was full of joy and I was afraid. And I remember changing his diaper for the very first time and I was completely grossed out. <laughs> it was very gross. And I was afraid. And they came to me and they said, Mr. Pope, you've been here long enough. It's time for you to leave with your wife and your baby. Uh, you can exit out, the, you know, you can pull your car up. And I said, whoa, 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 we can't leave with this baby. The parents aren't even here yet. And she said, sir, you are the father of this child. And I said, that is very irresponsible to send this baby home with me. But I remember getting my baby in the car and getting on 77 South and driving five miles an hour because I was, I was afraid. Now the interesting thing about parenting, but, but it really applies to fear in general is it really kind of never goes away, it's just transferred. So after a few weeks of driving with this newborn baby, I wasn't afraid to drive with him anymore. It was fine. I was afraid when he got small toys in his hands because he'd put them in his mouth. And then that, that fear was traded, was transferred to, to something else. I was afraid when he got near steps. I was afraid that he wasn't getting enough food. You know, was he growing enough? And now he's nine years old and I'm wondering, gosh, I'm afraid that he doesn't have the right friends or I'm afraid he's spending too much time on his iPad. 
The fear is transferred. The interesting thing about life is we're all afraid. We all have fear in our, our lives. You have fear in your life, maybe in your marriage or parenting or when it comes to your job or your family or your finances or your future. And maybe you're thinking, ah, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But I would say this, at the center of your worry, at the center of the guilt that you carry, at the center of your anger, the core of your addiction, at the center of this need for perfection or your need to control, at the center of all those things is fear. You also may be thinking, why are you talking about fear on Christmas? Well, fear is actually, I believe, a thread, one of the threads that's woven throughout the entire story of Christmas. You see, Mary was afraid. Joseph was afraid. The shepherds were afraid. And the story I want to share today is no different. You see, after Jesus was born, there was a king named Herod. He had heard news about this child born. And he had heard, maybe, this was the Messiah. Could it be? Could this baby be the king of the Jews? Herod wanted to know. And so this is what happens in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. But he had no desire to worship Jesus. He had no desire. Verse 9 says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by a different route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. You see, the interesting thing about, about these characters, the wise men, the magi, well, they were, they were kings of their own kingdom. They were actually kings. But they left their kingdom, and they left their crown, and they left their thrones in search for a different kind of king. Herod, a king, scared, stayed back. He stayed put, protecting his kingdom, protecting his crown, protecting his throne. And, and don't dare oppose my kingdom. You see, the wise men, the magi, and, and Herod were both afraid. They were both 
afraid. But while Herod held on to his fear, the wise men laid theirs aside. They laid theirs aside because they believed that there, there may be a king out there. Let's follow this star because there may be a king out there that's worth worshiping. You see, we're all tempted to let fear rule our, our lives. And that's exactly what Herod did. That's exactly what he did. He allowed fear to be the ruler of his life. So my question for you today is this. Is fear limiting your faith? If you have faith, maybe fear is limiting it. Maybe you're thinking, hey, listen, I was just invited by my neighbor. I don't have any faith. And I would ask you, is it because you're afraid? Maybe it's because you're afraid. What if today, what if in this moment, in this space, you decided, like the wise men, I'm going to put down my fear and I'm going to follow this star and see where it takes me. Maybe today for you, like the wise men, you're going to put down your fear and follow that star and worship the King of Kings. Maybe today you're going to put down your fear like the wise men and give gifts to the King. Is fear limiting your faith? Because it doesn't have to. Well, so uh, we're all laying our lives down for something. That's the idea we want you to consider today. We're all laying our lives down for something. What are you laying your life down for? What are you committed to? And then Ethan introduced another idea that, that, that combined with that first one is, is pretty powerful. And it's that we're all, um, we're all tempted to let fear rule our lives. And that fear could come out in a lot of forms, control and, and all kinds of, of things. But we're all tempted to also let fear rule our, our lives. Christmas invites us into something different. Jesus invites us into something different. Uh, something better. Something way better. And it's, and it's uh, within your grasp because there's nothing that you have to do. There's, there's um, no performance you have to give. There's nothing you have to earn. He simply invites uh, you to trust. Because the, the invitation of Christmas, the invitation of Christ is, is this, that um, we're, we're all invited to entrust our lives to Jesus. That we're, we're all invited to entrust our lives to Jesus. And the shepherds in our, our story, the shepherds in that passage, they decided that they would rather pursue the adventure of God and into the unknown and step out of that field that night and pursue Jesus and go find him and worship him than to stand back on the hillside and just watch life go by. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've felt like I'm just watching life go by. Jesus is inviting you in. He's inviting you to step in, and the shepherds decided, I'll go on the adventure, I'll take the step, I'll step into the journey, and I'll live for him, not for just myself. And then there's Mary, who um, decided 
that, that she would rather look Jesus in the eyes with her life, like, like literally stare into the face of Jesus, keep him in front of her, than living a lifetime of like what ifs, a lifetime of, of, of what if I had done that, or what if I had chosen differently, or what if I had taken that risk of trust. She decided it would be better to, to spend her lifetime with him. And then the wise men, I, I, I love those guys, they decided that they would rather kneel to the king of kings than to be a king themselves. So they took their little crowns and they took their little castle and they, they set it aside and they knelt in front of the king of kings. We have that same invitation today. You have that invitation. I, I have that invitation, the invitation to, um, to entrust our lives to Jesus. There's, there's one more passage I wanna share with you. So as, as John, the writer of the, the Gospel of John was reflecting on, on Jesus, he was reflecting on his story. And when he wrote his Gospel, he was an older guy. He was older than Matthew, Mark, and Luke when they wrote theirs. And, and he had a lot of, of perspective in life. And, and sometimes you think, well, that was decades ago what, what happened with Jesus and decades since he'd seen him. And, and maybe some of that fire had diminished in John, but, but John stepped back and he said, no, I wanna share with you what this is really all about. I wanna share with you what Christmas is all about, his birth is all about, his death and resurrection was, is all about. He, John had written about this story of, of Jesus interacting with this man named Nicodemus and Nicodemus was this scholarly man who, who had this life-changing encounter with Jesus. And it becomes pretty clear in the scripture that Nicodemus laid his life down and began to live for something bigger than himself in that moment. And so John writes about that. And then it's like John sort of steps back in that passage and he says, oh my goodness, let me tell you what this is all about. As, a, as, a, as an old man, but he had, seen his, uh, he had seen thousands of people come to know Christ and have their lives changed. He had seen dozens of his friends martyred for what they believed. And he had seen the world change because of what Jesus had done. And he was so overjoyed and overwhelmed. He, he wrote these words that are incredibly powerful as he, as he explains, here's what this is all about. And so what I wanna to say to you um, through the words of John today is um, Christmas is an amazing time of family and tradition and, and friendship and food and shopping and all these things we have to do. And yet this is what it's all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. I don't know how many of you have felt condemned um, even by somebody who says they follow Christ. Even by somebody in your life maybe who uh, who, who claims to follow God and yet has condemned you and you felt that way and that's why you've kept yourself at an arm's length with him or maybe just the church in general you've seen and you felt condemnation. That is not who Jesus is. This is who he is. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That's Jesus. That's Christmas. That's what this is about. And, and, and for you and for me, wherever you are, if you've been a lifelong 
Jesus follower, this is for you. Or if you're just scratching the surface and you're just, because somebody begged you to come here today and it's your first time here and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here today. Um, would you consider this statement with me that, that, that we're, just, we're all invited to entrust our lives to Jesus? And that, that could look like a lot of things for you. Maybe for some of you, it's just, oh, actually, I just kind of want to explore that some more. I want to explore that idea some more. Good. Um, come back. Just, just come do this with us. Nobody's got it together around here, all right? We're all just trying to pursue God together. Maybe for others of you, it means different things. Maybe for some of you, today is the day where you're like, I'm going to entrust my life and my heart to Jesus today. But, but this is the invitation of Christ and of Christmas, that we're all invited to entrust our lives to Jesus. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.